Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. New Books in Economics, brought to you by EAEPE, the European Association for Evolutionary Political Economy. Welcome back to New Books in Economics, a part of the New Books Network. This is Andrea Bernardi, your host from Oxford Brooks University. Today we are with Dr. Am Kafaji from the University of Gloucestershire, and we'll talk about his recent book, The Economics of Financial Cooperatives. This was published by Routledge in 2019. Welcome, Amr. Thank you for your time from being here. Can I ask you to tell us something about your current and your past affiliations and also uh, about the origin of this book? Oh, thank you, Andrea. Uh, thank you very much. Well, currently I work at uh, the Countryside and Community Research Institute uh, at the University of Gloucestershire in the UK. And before that, I was doing my PhD in uh, Ruhr University in Bochum, in Germany. And I also worked before that in the banking and microfinance sectors in Egypt and in India. Well, the book is is basically uh, based on my doctoral thesis. Uh, and it discusses the economics of financial cooperatives because I became interested uh, in cooperatives uh, during my work in microfinance and also during the political change in Egypt uh, in 2011. So there were, I had questions about uh, distribution, economic distribution, and also political representation, um, especially in Egypt and also uh, everywhere. And this is why I started to become uh, more uh, attracted to cooperative economy uh, or cooperative economics. And also microfinance seemed to be ineffective, to say the least, or sometimes even uh, harmful for uh, for the people it was supposed to serve. And so cooperatives became um, very appealing to explore and to understand uh, how they work and uh, the potential uh, of cooperatives. Very good. Um, let's start with a simple question, which is uh, what do we mean with financial cooperative? Uh, what are they and why they matter? You already provided a, a good reason, though. Uh, well, cooperatives, uh, financial cooperatives simply are banks who are owned by their own customers, uh, the depositors and the borrowers. And the main difference be- uh, differences between a cooperative bank or a financial cooperative and a normal cooperative, uh, commercial bank or a state-owned bank is the, this ownership structure that uh, members or the depositors are the ones who own and control the cooperative, and also that uh, one share uh, is represented, um, gives you one vote. So one, sh- uh, sorry, um, one member is corresponding to one vote, uh, as uh, as opposed to a shareholder bank where uh, you can have more votes uh, when you control more uh, more shares. In which countries 
are they particularly important still today? Well, in general, cooperatives are institutions which are now 150 years old. Um, in which country they are still uh, important institutions from the financial point of view? They are very significant in many countries uh, nowadays in North America, in the US and in Canada. Uh, in Europe, uh, they hold significant market shares in um, Finland, in France and in Germany, as well as Italy. Uh, also in some countries uh, in Africa, especially West Africa, in uh, Benin, Togo, uh, Cote d'Ivoire, in Senegal. Uh, in East Africa, we have strong presence for uh, cooperatives in Kenya and Rwanda. And almost uh, all countries in Latin America, they have uh, strong financial cooperatives. But in particular, uh, financial cooperatives play a big role in these countries in uh, small business business financing or SMEs and microfinance. So, for example, in Europe, uh, 50% of, uh, of the credit market, of SMEs credit market is controlled by, um, by cooperative banks. Uh, around um, around forty percent uh, in Finland, and uh, almost thirty five percent of SME credit market is controlled uh, by German cooperatives. So I think uh, they are very important and significant, even if they are not um, popular or uh, wide widespread in in mainstream media. So yes, they apparently are more important than well-known or less known than they should be. And you have listed countries which are high-income, middle-income, developing countries, very modern and rich countries, so they keep a role in very different contexts. Um, I forgot to say that your book is uh, divided into seven chapters, and I wanted to ask you about chapter three, which is uh, financial cooperatives and income inequality, empirical evidence. So what empirical work have you done? And uh, how can uh, cooperatives be helpful in dealing with income inequality? Well, uh, most of the studies about finance and inequality or the impact of financial sector on income distribution normally focus on the size of the credit market as uh, as percentage of, uh, uh, of the GDP. The, uh, so the size of the domestic credit as percentage of GDP. And in this chapter, I tried to build on the previous one, on chapter two, where I try to explain why the structure of the banking sector, rather than only the size of the sector, uh, matters for income distribution and how the structure of the banking sector actually affects income distribution more than just the size of, of the sector. And the argument builds on the ownership structure of these uh, banks or, or, or of this institution and their economic objective. So I argue that profit-maximizing banks will tend to exclude low- and middle-income investors by default because credit decisions by these banks are not based on the expected cash flow or the feasibility of the investments, as it should be. Uh, but credit in, in these banks is rather based on uh, either the previous uh, relationship between the lender and the borrower or and or the existing wealth and assets that the bank can hold or uh, control uh, or keep as collaterals. And this is especially the case in underdeveloped and emerging financial markets where contract informal, uh, enforcement remains weak 
and credit ratings and the screening of borrowers remain underdeveloped. And so low and middle income investors will, will normally not have enough uh, assets to present as collaterals for the bank. And they probably won't have a previous relationship with, uh, with the banks or uh, lenders as they might be uh, borrowing for the first time. So banks tend to reject these loan applications or provide credit uh, below the desired amount or with very high interest rates to cover the, uh, the risk, uh, the credit risk in, uh, of the bank, or at least uh, provide insufficient repayment schedule, which do not support uh, these borrowers, these low and middle uh, income uh, investors to accumulate enough capital out of their investments. And this is particularly uh, particularly the case in uh, microfinance. So building on this model or argument, I tried in this chapter to see if the size of financial cooperatives, uh, if the size of the financial cooperatives market share in credit markets affects income inequality levels or not. Using the, mar- using the market share of uh, cooperatives as a proxy for the structure of the banking sector. As, and the results were uh, very uh, supportive of the argument, actually. And I found that countries where financial cooperatives have larger share in their credit markets have lower income inequality levels as measured by the Gini coefficient. And this negative correlation between the market share of cooperatives and income inequality is even higher in underdeveloped or emerging financial sectors than in more uh, advanced markets. Okay, very clear and very strong uh, message from your empirical work. Then, um, but from your experience, do you see that there is? A, do you think there is any pressure in preserving this role of financial cooperatives in countries where they are still strong, like in France? or in developing or bringing them back in countries where they are no longer. So because uh, where we started saying that they are not so well known. And by the way, later we will move to a more uh, controversial question, which is the role of uh, cooperatives during the financial crisis. But now for the time being, do you see an agenda in bringing them back or are they somehow doomed to to um, uh, have this niche role in our economies and in the public opinion? Not in particular. So in uh, in Europe, for example, they have a very strong presence, as we saw in um, in Western Europe, especially. But we cannot say that there is a special attention or a special support given to to uh, cooperative banks in Europe, and they rely heavily in the in their existing strong networks and federations, like in Netherlands and in. Uh, in France or Germany, so they have very strong networks already that can uh, give give them uh, liquidity and capacity building and sup- and sometimes even uh, supervision and monitoring, but also advocate for their interest in the uh, with the ECP or the uh, local central banks and the governments. But otherwise, there is no. I cannot say that there is a s- a special attention given to cooperative banks in advanced economies. However, there is in in research and also in the International Monetary Fund and the European uh, Investment uh, Investment Fund, 
there is a kind of empirical recognition of the importance of cooperatives, especially in financing uh, small and medium businesses in Europe. And when it comes to developing countries, also we cannot say that there is uh, a global south attention to the role of cooperatives. So, and the picture differs between uh, between regions, of course. So in West Africa, the Central Bank of West Africa has given strong support for financial cooperatives uh, since the 90s. And they were the only regulated institutions to, uh, to legally provide fin- uh, microfinance services. Until today, they remain the leading provider of microfinance in West Africa. And similar supportive agendas can be seen in Kenya or and Rwanda, and to a less extent uh, in Tanzania, and maybe in other low- and middle-income countries. But we still cannot really say that there is a global south um, movement towards uh, cooperatives, especially like uh, regions like the Arab world, for example, do not, do not have financial cooperatives at all. And, the, and this discourse is completely absent in, in these regions. And sadly to say that international institutions like World Bank and the IMF or uh, other development agencies do not advocate enough for cooperative banks in, in these regions and in, and in their development agendas in general. Whereas we saw them very uh, enthusiastic and very supportive for uh, for the movements of microfinance and later financial inclusion. And now we have big passion about fintech, but we do not really have the same enthusiasm for um, cooperative banks, which have been very important in in the development of uh, of Europe and North America and Japan also. So this is uh, and and financial cooperatives are very important uh, are very different from microfinance. So we really have to distinguish that we have a cooperative model that worked very well historically, and empirical studies uh, support that uh, that vision uh, that opinion a lot. While microfinance is very controversial, uh, yet it's very uh, it's getting. Um, all the attention and all the support of of governments and international 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 institutions. Uh, you you mentioned the um, uh, the governance system, so uh, the voting rights are independent to the amount of investment and their per capita. Um, this is beautiful in principle, uh, but it also means uh, that, uh, for example, when decision, urgent decisions are needed or difficult decisions are needed, the the, the process is more complex. And for 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 that, uh, some European countries, either in the nineties or more recently, have uh, supported legislation that favors a process of demutualization, in particular for the largest financial cooperatives. So they suggest that they are transformed in traditional banks when they are above some uh, threshold of uh, um, capital. Um, and something similar happened after the financial crisis uh, uh, and the European Central Bank has observed with a special lens uh, the financial cooperatives and in some counties they didn't perform particularly well. And that mechanism of governance in some counties, for example in Italy, in, not, it's not widespread, but there were cases of uh, nepotism in uh, the allocation of loans and the governance was, yes, democratic, but not fully 
working in this democratic way. So my question for you is, um, do you see uh, that uh, after the financial crisis in Europe, uh, there is a more or less uh, bright future for the cooperatives? And in particular, do you see um, these uh, small or large financial cooperatives as a criteria to uh, design their governance, or you think it is not relevant? Well, I I think the governance structure or the ownership structure of cooperatives, this special or unique uh, structure, imposes uh, big challenges on the control and, and, and governance of, of cooperatives because this one 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 member one vote uh, gives less very less uh, very low incentive to members to be fully participant in the decision making because they may think their uh, their votes doesn't does not matter with the large scale but they can but i'm also very critical to the trend that have been taken by the ecp or some um, or some uh, local central banks and their skip about cooperatives because the, at the end of the day, co- uh, financial cooperatives or cooperative banks performed uh, relatively well than commercial banks uh, during the financial crisis. And in particular, small and local co- cooperative banks were much more resilient during the crisis. And like in Germany, for example, cooperative banks extended their lending services at the same time where the whole bank uh, lending market was declining dramatically. And I believe that cooperatives should be highly regulated and very and strongly supervised, of course, but in a different way than commercial banks. And I think this is one of the issues that are not uh, well appreciated by the ECP, by the ECP and uh, other countries like the Italian also Central Bank. Because um, as I said, they have different uh, ownership structure and also which also imposes different equity and capital structure because cooperatives cannot access uh, the capital market to seek uh, external finance through uh, capital markets and they only rely on uh, members' contribution and uh, previous profits or retained earnings. So they have very limited uh, sources of finance and also members' contribution will not be very much high because, as we said, members will not be willing to invest more in the in the equity without more uh, more voting control or more voting power. And at the same time, also small and and local cooperatives have uh, different and even less risk exposure than big cooperatives and uh, also big commercial banks. So they shouldn't be regulated with the same uh, prudential, prudential uh, laws and, and close, um, close regulation. So, for example, small cooperative banks could, could be allowed uh, lower capital requirement, lower, ad, ad, uh, lower adequacy ratios. And also, yeah. I was curious to ask you something more about the Arab world. So it is true there are no financial cooperatives. Is it connected with the um, with the Islamic um, uh, requirement on credit? Not really. Uh, so I think, in my opinion, it's a 
it has more to do with the um, political and historical evolution of 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 banking uh, of banking systems. So there is no there is no thing there is no contradiction in my opinion between Islamic and and cooperative banking. And this is very complicated uh, area to speak of, but uh, we have commercial banks in in all the Arab world. But in chapter three, for example, or uh, sorry, in chapter four and the, and the second part of the book, I talk more about the political economy of cooperatives or financial cooperatives. And in that, I try to highlight the political role of cooperatives and this and why uh, closed political systems will not prefer to have a strong financial cooperative sector because cooperatives can have a strong distributional effect on the economy so they can adjust uh, or balance the, um, the distribution the economic gains of the economy and can distribute it to wider wider population than just a concentrated elite but also uh, cooperatives have a, are politicized by their nature so they can have political role in their society than their economies and we can see that uh, in Italy, in uh, Mediana Turini, I think, where uh, where the, just this um, this cooperative movement can seek the the interests of their members, just uh, just as uh, any uh, workers' union and any uh, uh, associations. Or... Yes, indeed, this is, is very true. Very, very true. Um, what about chapter six? Uh, when you focus on the underdeveloped economies. Uh, so I agree that uh, um, cooperatives should be regulated in a slightly different way than traditional banks, and also that the role of cooperatives in a developed high-income nation is different to what they can do elsewhere. So what should be the rationale for specific regulation of cooperatives in underdeveloped economies? Well, in this chapter, I... I will try to give an overview on this rational, on the rationale of financial cooperatives in uh, low and middle income economies. And in particular, I was trying to focus on five main things. As I was just saying, first, because cooperatives are, are uh, very politicized by their nature, we have seen historically uh, uh, continuous government intervention in, in cooperatives' uh, work and cooperatives' operations. This can be because of uh, government wants to just um, increase their popularity or also to uh, to keep the uh, cooperative movement weak and uh, not to pursue any um, any political um, agenda so i was so i argued that a cooperative regulation have to be uh, have to protect the cooperative movement and not to be politicized or uh, being uh, exposed to government intervention. The second thing is the uh, governance of cooperatives. Because cooperatives can face a different agency problem than normal banks. In particular, the interests of depositors and lenders can, um, can conflict together lenders will will want more loans at lower interest rate while depositors will need a higher interest rate on their deposit so 
there is a conflict between uh, depositors and uh, lenders' uh, uh, interests or needs, and also because of this uh, this demotivation of members to participate in decision making might create uh, more independence to management and 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 uh, and the directors of the cooperative, so they can pursue other. Uh, other activities that are not uh, as the risk risk activity uh, risky activities that are not in the best interest of the members so there are also unique govern governance challenges that are faced by cooperatives and this is why we need this is why cooperative regulation will need to be more uh, flexible and strong to, uh, and strongly addressing these issues uh, also there is a liquidity um, challenge uh, for cooperatives because they are normally small and they and in uh, underdeveloped uh, economies they are not uh, they do not have access to the central bank or to, to borrow from the central banks so a, co- a financial regulation a financial cooperative regulation has to ensure that smaller small and primary uh, cooperative banks have are are working under the umbrella of bigger network or a bigger a cooperative federation which can support them especially with uh, which with short term liquid uh, liquid uh, liquidation and short term cash to meet the 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 financial needs the short term the short and medium term financial needs of the cooperatives and yeah I'm sorry and finally uh, also cooperative regulation should ensure that there is a uh, that cooperatives work under a deposit insurance scheme, especially with the small, uh, the, the small cooperative banks, so that the deposits of the of the members are protected, and that will will give more. Or uh, will of course will protect the, the members themselves, but also will uh, support uh, or increase the public trust in these cooperatives. Moving back to a high-income country, which is where you're based, the United Kingdom, um, I think in short they have lost the largest uh, cooperative bank, uh, so the largest um, cooperative group here um, lost the control of the the very large and famous brand, uh, brand uh, cooperative bank, uh, bank. But what about the small uh, financial cooperatives? Are there any and are, or are there many here in the UK? I think there are still uh, relatively uh, good uh, cooperative banks working uh, in, uh, in the UK, but mostly are building societies. Uh, so we have nationwide is still working well, and they are they are really still expanding. But and also smaller uh, building societies. But in the UK, I don't think there is much attention to uh, to cooperatives or, or much support the cooperative uh, banking sector here. Yes, yes, you're right. Despite uh, um, it, it was one of the birthplaces of uh, modern cooperatives in, in Europe and, in fact, in the world. I mean, I'm sorry, but even recently, the discourse is more on um, workers' cooperatives and the importance of workers' cooperatives but uh, in the UK, but, in, but the cooperative bank or the financial cooperatives are not really um, are not there is no attention for that. So maybe even the left wing uh, uh, 
uh, pushes for for strong workers cooperatives, but not really financial cooperatives, in my opinion. Yes, yes, it is indeed the case. Thank you very much, Amr. Um, may I ask you about your current project and therefore about your future book? Um, uh, currently, I'm working on agricultural economics um, in my institute now, in particular with uh, on topics related to productivity of uh, European farms and also agricultural cooperatives in Egypt. And in the future, or, or also parallel uh, project, I'm, I'm working on the financialization and inequality in the context of Egypt and trying to see financialization in the global south and its impact on income inequality. Thank you very much. Uh, good luck for your current project and for the time being, congratulations for your book published in 2019 by Routledge. This is the economics of financial cooperatives, income distribution, political economy and regulation. Thank you very much to Dr. Am Hafaji for being with us. Thank you very much, Andrea. Thank you so much. New Books in Economics, brought to you by EAEPE, the European Association for Evolutionary Political Economy.